welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and this is episode 14 of season two. I've just managed to grab a couple of minutes in between maths and literacy to open the show. I'm sure that every parent listening to this would agree that the home learning thing is one of the hardest parts of this whole lockdown experience. I'll let you into a little secret, though. I've learned loads. If you'd asked me how to multiply fractions six months ago, I would have laughed in your face and then probably cried a little. But now my numerators and denominators have been multiplied all over the shop. It's enlightening. Now, this has all been said a lot, I know, but we must be grateful that this has all happened at a time when technology allows us to carry on in some form. And for home learning, that means Zoom lessons with the teacher, of course, but also bribing my son to do the work using time on his Nintendo as currency. I'm not sure that method would be quite so effective if my dad was using what was available to me at age 11, which is Mousetrap and an Etch-a-Sketch. But on to the show, and we've got a great lineup for you today of, and I'm sure they won't mind me using this term, industry veterans. Between them, they've clocked up decades of experience, but they're still moving forward and keeping themselves at the front of the sector. First up, continuing our retailer roundup from the last episode, we have the triumphant return of Trevor Scott from RFK, and he's filling us in on how 2021 is treating him so far. And then we have Alan Dodds, the UK MD for bathroom giant Rocker. They've just made a major acquisition in Spain, so we talk about the importance of investing and growth, and of course, we get his insight into what might be next for the industry. All good stuff as always, but before we get to that... So, are you a fantastic retailer? Do you have an incredible story to tell about how 2020 saw you adapt, pivot and change your business at lightning speed? At first it was simply to survive, and then you had to U-turn again to take advantage of the sudden and often unprecedented demand that followed. If you've navigated those ups and downs, then we want to hear from you by entering the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021. We want to hear those lockdown stories, as that's how we're judging it this year. Whether you're a large or small business, your narrative of how you manage 2020 is, I'm sure, inspiring and insightful, and we want you to tell us. We've got categories for Retail of the Year, Showroom of the Year, New Retail of the Year, that's for businesses set up in the last 12 months, and of course, Community Champion of the Year. That looks at how independent retailers support their local communities, and that's never been more important than in the last 12 months either. It's totally free to enter, of course it is, and the closing date is February the 18th. For all the info, go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards, and there you can find out all about our design categories too. Now let's carry on from last week's Retailer Roundup by catching up with the legend that is Trevor Scott from RFK. The R stands for rugby. Hello, Trevor. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Um, and I'm glad to hear that you're on the mend as well. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. I'm getting better by the day. Now, uh, everyone knows you, I'm sure, but if they've been under a rock, give us the 10-second overview of RFK and what it is, where you are and what you do. Okay, RFK stands for Rugby Fitted Kitchens, so though we're now in Warwick as well, we've been going just about 28 years. We have two showrooms and a fairly strong, healthy uh, contract business as well. Yes, and you've been doing this a very long time. I mean that in the nicest possible way, of course. So you're very experienced in all this. You've seen lots of things come and go, but pandemic, I'm guessing, not on the list. No, this was the curveball of all curveballs that uh, completely threw all of us, I think. Which is, which is a very polite way of putting it. I would have used far more swear words. We're just into February now. We're still in a national lockdown, but how has 2021 been for you so far? We, uh, we of course, planned to reopen the showroom on the 4th of January and indeed did so for uh, eight hours and then closed again on the 5th of January. 
Um, fortunately, it's a model that we've effectively been working with for some months now, which is that we're open by appointment only. Uh, well, we were open by appointment only, but we're now back to being open only by virtual appointment. And we're doing lots of Zoom calls with our clients and uh, trying to work as normally as we can do, bearing in mind uh, we can't have anybody in the showrooms. Yes, yeah, so back at the uh, tail end of 2020 there, demand was still high. We were heading into Christmas when there's normally a slowdown, but actually the demand seemed to keep going. So what's the demand looking like now compared to the end of 2020? And how are you, with the experience you've had reading and interpreting what the customers and the consumers are saying to you? I've done a little bit of research with the team and the guys back at base to see where we're at. Um, inquiry rates since the beginning of January have been running at around about eight per week, which is good. Um, our conversion rate has been pretty high. Two weeks ago, we took five deposits. Last week, we took two deposits. We expect to take deposits this week. Um, our contract business is is going from strength to strength, and it seems to be completely unaffected. Um, so from that point of view, we've got to say that we're feeling very positive about the future. Um, but if you, if you extrapolate that and take it further into the future... Uh, the difficulty is, of course, that we can't get everybody to make final decisions if they can't physically get in and touch the product and see the product. We've arranged what's effectively a click and collect for samples. Uh, we'll either deliver to consumers' doors, selected samples, or we'll arrange for them to collect them from our door. And that gets us a long way. And I think the deposits we've taken so far have been off the back of people who've been able to make decisions using just that relatively small amount of um, sample information. But there's always going to be people that can't make a final decision until they've been in the showroom and touched and played with the stuff itself. And uh, the longer this drags on, then I think the harder it's going to be to get people to get, get over the line and to take deposits from them. So you're not seeing a significant drop-off in the demand, a slight dip, but nothing significant? That would be correct, yes. If anything, I would say demand has been fairly high, considering you can't get people in the showroom. Now, I'm sure a lot of that is down to our marketing and that we're very proactive with uh, our social media and our marketing in general to try and encourage people to uh, engage with us. We've become quite good over the last nine months or so at, uh, at engaging with our public um, under these conditions, which on and off have been pretty much the same since last March. Yeah, that's interesting because other retailers have been reporting of a drop-off in demand. And the sort of interpretation of that is, A, you know, it's cold and wet and miserable. There is a kind of hunkering down element of, you know, we're all waiting for the vaccine now. We're all waiting to get into February, March when, the, you know, the government might give us some extra updates. And there's a much more of a feeling of just dipping for the line almost, as opposed to this is the new normal. Let's just try and carry on. Yeah, well, I can see that coming. I can see there being a bit of a tail off in our being able to get as many good inquiries and be able to convert those inquiries as, as it continues to drag out. Um, so the sooner we get to the end of it and we can actually get that uh, boost again of people actually physically being able to come into the showroom, it's becoming ever more important the longer it, the longer it goes on. You see, I have a theory, Trevor, that actually when things unlock themselves and when you know, we start getting into the spring and into the summer... I can't help but think, or it's one theory anyway, I can't help but think that the lockdown has really helped the kitchen and bathroom industry in many ways. It's really made people stay at home and want to change their home. But the moment people can get on a plane and go on holiday, I think there's going to be an awful lot of people spending their money on holidays and getting out of the country and getting away from their home where they've been stuck for so long. And and that actually might cause quite a significant dip. Well, it's an interesting uh, theory, and I hope that it doesn't, yeah, we do. to be the truth. <laughs> um, at the moment, though, they can't. So it's important 
for us in the home improvement industry to uh, capitalise on uh, what is effectively a captive market. The average British public um, has nothing else to, to do with their time at the moment than stare at their four walls and realise that their kitchen and bathroom is completely inadequate. To a certain extent, as an industry, it's beholden on us to uh, try and encourage them to improve it. Okay, so are you seeing any evening out of the supply issues that we were looking at in the latter half of 2020? Has everybody caught up a little bit, or is there still lots of problems and issues? There definitely are still problems, but primarily these seem to be with the appliance manufacturers rather than with furniture. So far, we, we seem to have hit very few problems in terms of being able to get kitchens in on time and back out the door on time for the fitting schedule. But the appliances, and we're, we're across the board here, we're not, I'm not going to be specific about any individual brand. Um, I think they can all be cast with the same uh, net at the moment. And there are definitely problems with stock. So we're forward ordering much of what we need, uh, getting it in when we can uh, at our own expense, regardless of whether or not the client is ready for it. We, normally, as you know, we would order just in time. Um, and nowadays, we just order. As soon, as soon as we know we want something, we order it, we get it in. So we're sat there with it. It, of course, it affects cash flow because we've got to pay for it, usually quite a long time in advance of uh, when the consumer needs it and is prepared to pay for it. But it's, it's what you do to try and make sure that you can guarantee getting the job across the line. So what you're saying is dishwashers are the new toilet rolls? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've been told that my own dishwasher arrived last week. Um, <laughs> so my own new kitchen will actually have a dishwasher come the middle of January, middle of February. So, uh, and I feel just like one of my own consumers this month. I'm very <laughs> pleased to know that I've got a dishwasher coming. So, look, what planning or strategizing can you take this time to do at the moment? Is it possible to plan anything from a sort of business growth perspective? Or are you just taking each day as it comes and getting through it? I think in all honesty, there, there is a great degree of uh, treading water and not stumbling from one crisis to the next. That, that would be unfair. But we're managing the process. We, we've got issues with staff, with some people getting COVID or having family members that have got COVID. And we're having to juggle those arrangements. The logistics are all affected by it. Obviously, we can't open the showroom. So it's how do we communicate with our customers? The, the staff morale is, is something that we have to be very concerned about. Um, we, we can't push them too hard. They've got to be stroked looked after and nursemaided all the way through this process and rightly so you know that, that's the responsibility of an employer so I think realistically trying to have a long-term plan for how we're going to come out the other side of this at this particular stage is less important than making sure that we're, we're there on that day ready to do something else and making sure that we're financially stable and in a position to do so at the end of the day we've got some significant Covid loans you know Sybil's loans that are going to need paying back at some point you know, along with many others. Yes, you and us and everybody else, yeah. So look, if you, um, I've asked everybody this, if you had to mark yourself out of 10 for business confidence for the next six months, what would you give yourself? Good one. Seven and a half to eight. Or a half. You're the first half we've had. A half point. Well, you know me, I just like to be bloody awkward. The half is for the dishwashers, isn't it? <laughs> but that's still, that is still very positive, considering everything that's happened. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, though, Andrew, you've got to consider that the glass is half full. If you don't, then you're already pouring what's left of the glass down the sink, aren't you? And that's always been my view. It's always been my attitude in life and in business. And thus far, what we've seen with how we're managing and how we're coping, I I think we're achieving above the halfway percentile. So, uh, you know, let's not let's not get exaggerated and carried away and say that we're doing nine out of ten. Of course, we're not. So I think seven and a half is a reasonable number. Well, Trevor, as always, brilliant insight incredibly positive attitude that comes from real knowledge so thank you so much for your time and as always we'll catch up in a few months time and see if you're right or if you're wrong 
let's hope I'm right. <laughs> Me too. Thanks, Trev. Okay, given everything that's going on, it's always great to hear about new investments and companies positively planning for the future. So the big news in the bathroom market at the moment is the joining forces of Rocker and the Royo Group, which are a massive bathroom furniture manufacturer over in Spain. So to talk us through the details, I'm very pleased to say that down the line, we have the MD of Rocker here in the UK, Alan Dodds. Hello, Alan. Hello, Andrew. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you well? I'm very well, thank you very much. Yes, now you've obviously been a busy man in the lockdown. You haven't been uh, sitting on your hands, have you? I have not, indeed. Let's start with this deal to talk us through it here. Now, I think a lot of people might not have heard of, of Royo over here in the UK. They're not a big brand name over here in the UK, but they are like a massive Spanish manufacturer of bathroom furniture, as I say. So fill us in on who they are. Tell us all about them. So they're a Spanish-based business, as you say, were for many years family-owned by, by the Royo family. They sold uh, a chunk of their business to uh, private equity a few years ago, the HIG Group. And we have announced that we're acquiring uh, a significant chunk of that business, the shareholding of of the HIG fund, but also some shareholding of of the royal family as well. So you're right. Some of the guys that have been in the industry for quite a while will know the royal name. The, the brand has been over here uh, periodically, but it's not particularly well known at the moment. Uh, it does sell in the UK through through distribution and probably through OEM as well. But it's a big player in in, uh, in obviously in Iberia, but in Central Europe as well, in Poland, uh, Germany, Austria, Czech Republic, and and, and the like. So um, big player, and uh, a very exciting bit of news from us. So, what's the appeal then to Rocker in bringing this under that umbrella? Now, I mean, I'm assuming they probably made a big chunk of your furniture anyway, I'm guessing. They, they were a, they're a supplier, so they've supplied goods to us. So, so it's a couple of the ranges they, they make for us, but not all of the ranges. We, we have actually more bathroom furniture factories than Royo. We're manufacturing in, in six locations, but they are much bigger, more experienced. They are specialists in that area, whereas we're generalists. We sell British China's baths, brassware, you name it, we, we, we sell it. And furniture is, is becoming more and more important, as, as, as everybody knows, in, in the marketplace, particularly the, the retail consumer side, but, but also the trade contract side as well. So to join forces with somebody who has that expertise will we'll just move us forward uh, significantly and quicker than we would probably do under our own steam. So is Royo going to become a brand under Rocker, or is that literally just the, you know, the name of the group, the company? What's going to happen with, with the names? I think we'll take some time. I mean, one of the strengths of, of, of Rocker is not to make decisions quickly. We'll understand what it's acquired. We obviously know quite a bit about the group. Um, and in certain markets, the Royal brand is very strong. For example, in, in, in Spain, is very strong. So I'm pretty certain the brand will remain. Um, markets where it's less known, we, we'll need to make a decision. But I think one of the strengths we have as, as, a, as a group is we won't rush to make decisions. We'll, we'll understand what it is we've acquired, understand what the opportunities are and what, what the pros and cons of either keeping the brand or not. So the brand will certainly remain in some form or other. Whether it does in the UK, I think is something we'll have to look at over, over the coming weeks and months. Right, okay. Stop me if I got this wrong here, because numbers are never my strong point. But Rock has bought a 75% stake in Royo. Yes. Uh, and the other 25% is still with the family. Yes. So they're still very much involved. They're still involved. And, and the difference between 
Roy and the Rocker group is, is whereas the Rocker family are not involved and haven't been for 30 odd years plus years involved in the day-to-day running of the business, the Royo family are. And my understanding is that the, the, the key family members who are furniture specialists will, will remain involved for, for how long, I don't know, but there's obviously an, an arrangement that they will continue to, to head up that effectively division of, of the company and, and remain. Right. So the 62% of that 75% came from this American investment fund, HIG. Yeah. Uh, so that so they had, that was their stake in Royo. And then you've also, Rock has also picked up a further 13% from the Royo family itself. Correct. Right. Okay. So this is one of those days where I wish I'd been a corporate lawyer. <laughs> well, 75% is a nice round number, isn't it? So it's a nicer number than 62. There's a lot of negotiation gone in there, gone on in there, isn't there? Thankfully, I've not been involved. Now, somewhere in the back of my head, HIG has some stakes in other bathroom companies. Fiora Shower Trays, I think, is HIG, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. And Ambient Span, aren't, aren't Ambient Span part of HIG as well? Yes, there are a few. I haven't really looked at HIG in, in any detail, but you're right, they do. I mean, Fiora is effectively part of, um, was part of Royo, or they were run together either... I can't remember whether Royo took over HIG or whether HIG put Fiora with Royo, but the acquisition does not include the Fiora side of the business. That will remain. We already have significant production capacity, expertise, and capability in shower trays. So Fiora could have come with it, but doesn't. Right, because that's obviously the question I was coming with next. Is, is, is anything else included in this? No, Fiora is not part of it. It's such an interesting thing. What does it actually mean for the UK, do you think? If I'm a UK retailer, what does this mean for me? I think what it will give is confidence of our uh, of our customer base that, that furniture will, will be strengthened and got a positive future. We, we are very successful with, um, and I guess I'm wearing both my hats this afternoon, Andrew, in terms of Rocker and Laufen. We're very successful with, with both our brands in furniture. Our UK sales you know, will be north of, of, of 7 million in a normal year. If I can phrase it like yeah, that, whatever that is. So we're we're significant in the in the furniture market. We sell a lot of it with our British China, and I think our customers will, I think, have confidence that a we can augment the range very quickly, but we'll have access to significant expertise in terms of development, good low cost technology, and, and production capacity. So I think it will give customers confidence that our furniture offering can only improve. Do you think, given everything that's happening, this kind of consolidation, merger, acquisition, whatever you want to call it, is going to become an increasing trend here? You know, as the current economic upheaval made it all a bit of a buyer's market to some extent? Yes, I mean, and I'm being a bit reserved that, yeah, I mean, there are businesses clearly for sale and there are clearly, you know, businesses, whether it's private equity or, or, or other, other owners that w- would look to move their businesses on, but they may not necessarily do for rock bottom prices. I don't think there's necessarily a desperation to offload because the bathroom market in general is a good place to be. People are spending money on bathrooms, more money on bathrooms. So I think it's a positive place to be. I think the challenge as always with acquisitions is not overpaying for them and and having acquisitions that fit in to give that buzzword synergies. So yeah, I think there will be more announcements, but people will be very wary of overpaying in the current market climate. Yes, it is going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next two years, I think. There are areas where there is perhaps saturation, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of those kind of markets. But look, ultimately, you're the, you know, you're the head of the UK here for Rocker and Laufen, obviously. 
Give us an idea of how business is here for you at the moment. What's your snapshot here of January 2021? If you'd asked me this question in December, I would have probably given you a very different answer. I mean, the last four or five months of last year from July onwards was very strong, hugely strong. Obviously, we had the hiccup as everybody did in, in March, April, May, but it recovered remarkably quickly and very strongly, partly driven by new build, which is not everybody's in that sector, but new build is, is, is strong because of partly the stamp duty and the help to buy the government help. But certainly the, the market finished extremely strongly. Obviously, the, the latest lockdown situation has, has changed situations and, and, and showrooms have had to shut. So we're seeing a little bit of a softening. How much that softening continues, I think, will depend on how positive the news is. They're more positive in terms of vaccination and reduction in cases and hopefully, as a result, deaths, I think, will give people confidence. I personally think the market will bounce back again strongly. It bounced back very strongly last year. We saw the bounce back in Europe happening maybe a month or six weeks earlier than we did in the UK. And I said to colleagues in Spain, I don't think the UK will recover as quickly because I think we're a bit more um, locked down. But interestingly, we did. I, I, you know, I miscalled that one. So I'm optimistic, but it's we're exiting a, a strong period. The order book for January is good. So January will be good. February will probably be okay. March, April, we're then in the in the laps of what's happening in the market now. And of course, there's new, no customers out there buying new bathrooms in bathroom showrooms at the moment, or very few, unless they've already got orders on in the system. Traditionally, the beginning of the year is strong for bathrooms in terms of people kicking off new projects. So they're spending more time at home. They make a decision about they want to upgrade their bathroom or their kitchen. And they think, get out Christmas and think, right, we'll, we'll start this project off. We'll go and, go and choose products. We'll, we'll kick the project off. So normally you'd see that happening this time of year, but obviously the, the, the situation is, is slightly different. The debate we had with people in the industry was, would people during the lockdown period all working at home, multiple people using facilities all at the same time, decide they desperately needed a new bathroom? And unfortunately, it appeared that, yes, that was the case. Yeah, I've said on here before that I think it's going to take 12 months before this industry realises just how lucky it's been. Yeah, compared to, to so, com- yeah, yeah. compared to so many others, yeah. The, the other big thing that's happened, and obviously you're a big European company, is the, the solution to Brexit, whether this is the final answer or not. There was all kinds of problems at the ports. There was still issues with supply. How is that side of things playing out for you? I mean, it's not causing us any problems because we are not a just-in-time business. We we hold stock in the UK, our distribution channels, whether it's our wholesalers, distributors, or, or our merchants hold stock. So we're not reliant on a container having to be delivered today. And, and if it's delayed by a few days, it makes no real difference to the supply chain. So that's where we are. It's causing fewer problems than I thought it might do. And one has to assume that as we get used to the paperwork and the systems, it, it will ease but certainly at the moment, touch a big piece of wood, not, not causing us any, any problems or any, or any concerns. Well, that is very good to hear. Now, you touched on a little bit, but let's, let's try and sort of draw some proper predictions out of you here, Alan, because you've been in this game a long time. You've never been through a pandemic before. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> but what is your crystal ball telling you about 2021? You know, if I talk to you in, the, in six months from now and 12 months from now, what do you think the situation is going to be? You know, you've got to underscore that with, okay, so what assumptions do we make? So do we make the assumption that the vaccines work, that we come out of lockdown and we don't go back into a major one in the autumn? In other words, we all get vaccinated again in the autumn, as people do with flu, and and that we keep it at bay. Because anything other than that, we're we're into the laps of who knows. 
But, uh, you know, assuming that that is the case, and I think things are positive for the industry. Certain things will change as a result of the pandemic, clearly, but certain things will go back to the way they were. How much is difficult? When lockdown first happened, people said, oh, well, offices will close and everybody will be working from home. I said, and I'm not trying to be wise after the event. I said to people, no, that isn't the case because it's not as efficient working remotely all the time. You don't get the dialogue. You don't get the interaction. You don't get the creativity and, and also the job satisfaction of, you know, interacting with other people. So, yes, people will work more at home, but, but also people will return to working in offices. Likewise, you know, it's not the death of the high street. The internet has clearly grown and, and, and will grow, but people will go back to shopping and, and will go back to, 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 to visiting um, outlets, whether it's for bathrooms or other products. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic that, that from a bathroom perspective, the good showrooms and, and, and the good businesses that do well will, will do extremely well out of this. And as someone who runs a, you know, an enormous supplier in this, in this industry, can you plan? Are you sat there having meetings planning for things or are you just saying, look, we're just going to have to take this week by week? I think the key word is flexibility. You, you have to have a plan, clearly, but then you, you have to have a plan that you can amend very quickly and adapt to the situation. And that's been the exciting thing, if that's the right word, with the, with the COVID situation. As, as managers, you've had to try and be flexible with, with your teams, with, with what you do, with your priorities and how you go about doing things. And, and that, that sort of stretches you to be creative and to find new ways of, of doing things. But flexibility is the key because you just don't, you know, first week of December, you know, we were all looking forward to a bumper 2021 based on the exit rate of 2020. And now we're saying, well, maybe if we have a poor couple of months and it's slower to recover than we think, then maybe 2021 is not going to be any better than 2020. So you have to plan accordingly, really. Yeah, it's a real test, isn't it? And I guess that's where years of experience come in, you know, where you can sort of keep a calm head while all around are losing theirs a bit. Yeah, in theory. <laughs> well, look, Alan, the most important question here, of course, you know, your insight into what's happening in the market is interesting. But of course, there is one really important question that we really need to get to the bottom of here. And that is, you've had a bad day, you've come home, all you want to do is sit on the sofa, get the remote control out and put on your most favourite feel-good movie. So Alan Dodds, what is your entry for The Silence of the Laminates? <laughs> well, probably my favourite feel-good movie is also my, if I get asked the question, is my, is my favourite movie, which is a bit cheesy, uh, which is Groundhog Day. Oh, man, what a film. Well, you approve of that? Good, I thought you might find it a bit naff. No, no, it's one of my it's one of my favourite ever films too. And the frustrating thing about this feature is all I want to do now is go away and watch Groundhog Day. Yes. <laughs> well, look, Alan, thank you so much. You're a very busy man, so thank you for sparing us so much time. It's it's so interesting, and it's such a positive story and such a positive look to the future that I think you know we should all applaud this kind of commitment to the market. So thank you very much. Pass on our congratulations to everyone in Spain. Yeah, we'll do. Thank you, Andrew. That's it for this episode. Huge thanks, of course, to Trevor and Alan, and we'll be back next week with even more. Don't forget to enter the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021. All the info is at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. <laughs> <laughs>